You're listening to Friendlier, the podcast for friends who love to talk, read, and eat. I'm Abby. And I'm Sarah. We're back! We thought it would be fitting to do a 2019 update to check in on our intentions and catch you all up on what's been happening since we last recorded. But first, let's start as we always do with Life Lately. What is new with you, Abby? Big news here again. We are moving to Birmingham, Alabama in December for Andrew to take a new job. I have a lot of feelings about it, as you might imagine. (laughs) But mostly what I'd love now is to connect with any listeners or friends of listeners who are in Alabama or close by. Sarah, what's new with you? As we're recording this, it is my kids' first full week of school. So I thought I'd give a brief (laughs) summer recap since we were not recording all summer. (laughs) Overall, it was great. I feel like last summer we really figured out what works for us and found a really good rhythm and generally had a repeat of that this summer. We did lots of swimming, lots of park time, lots of reading books and listening to books. It was such a great chance to reconnect with my kids because as I'll get into, spring felt like it was just lost into a vortex of cancer. (laughs) So I was really ready to spend a lot of time with my kids, which is a great feeling to have going into the summer. Absolutely. Let's move into what we've been reading. Abby, what is your latest read? I'm going to talk about Red, White, and Royal Blue by Casey McQuiston. I Instagrammed about this already, and folks who follow me on Goodreads have already seen that I, capital L, loved this book. (laughs) This is a romance between Alex, the college-aged son of the first female president, and Henry, the third in line to the British throne. And I think that if there were a book that was written specifically for me, it would be this book. (laughs) (laughs) It basically has everything in the Abbey wheelhouse. So royals, Mm -hmm. progressive politics, and Texas. Also, lots of descriptions of food, including amazing Tex-Mex food, Mm -hmm. which was really incredible. It was definitely my most enjoyable read so far this year. I also read this book and thoroughly enjoyed it. My one complaint about the book is that I didn't love Alex. Mm. I found him fairly irritating. Everything else, I'm totally on board with what you're saying, but I just didn't find his character to be all that likable. Mm. I think I really identified with Alex in a lot of ways. Like He's super type A. He has a lot of big ideas. Sometimes it's hard for him to follow through on his ideas. Hmm. And in that sense, he had a special place in my heart. (laughs) (laughs) There really wasn't anything that I didn't like about it. And for that reason, I would recommend this book for everyone. I mean, if you're listening to the description and it does not sound like you'll like it, maybe don't read it. But... (laughs) If you think you might, then definitely That's a go for it. Because it's, yeah, it's true <laughs> for anyone reading books. If you don't like how they sound, don't read them. But if this book sounds like you might like it, I think you probably will. Mm-hmm. I will say that parts are pretty racy. So I would not recommend listening to this one as an audiobook while your children are in the car. Though I have heard from friends who have listened to it on my recommendation that it is a good listen. So if audiobooks are your thing, just do it, but with the headphones in. Sarah, what have you been reading? I just finished reading The Great Believers by Rebecca Mackay. Special thanks to listener Kristen, who sent in this recommendation 
way back in December. Mm-hmm. <laughs> At the time, there was a really long holds list, and my hold came in right after I had surgery when all I wanted to do was watch reality television and not read beautiful epic novels. Yeah. <laughs> so that went back to the library. But it came in while I was on vacation recently and loved it. It is a novel that goes between 2015 Paris and the 1980s AIDS crisis in Chicago. I found the main character, Yale, to be incredibly likable, which, as discussed previously, has not been the case for me in a lot of recent reads, so it felt really refreshing. I was emotionally invested in both storylines, which is also unusual for me. When they go back and forth between time periods, I usually strongly prefer one over the other Mm. and feel annoyed sometimes that it goes back and forth, but I really liked both storylines. And more than all of that, I loved what it had to say about grief and love and really the burden of being a survivor and the one to carry on the memories of people who have died. Mm. So it's a heavy book. It's not a light, beachy read, but it is well worth the investment. I would classify this as the best book I've read so far this year and think it would also make a really excellent book club read Mm. because there's a lot to discuss within it. And it highlighted parts of our history that I don't think we talk about enough. Our main segment today is going to be a little past midway check-in on 2019. We're going to look back at what we said at the beginning of the year and how things have been playing out so far. Let's start by looking at the life events we anticipated happening in the first part of 2019 and how that played out. The two that I was anticipating were adding a person, which we did. Yay. Pepper is here fully in our family. Mm -hmm. That was definitely hard. It has gotten significantly easier now that Pepper is four months old. And now mm-hmm. that we have sleep trained him, mm-hmm. but that was a big one. And then we were also considering a move and it's happening. It hasn't happened yet. We are in the anticipation anxiety phase of the move currently. Mm-hmm. But now you're past the great unknown feeling. So it felt like at the beginning of the year, it was so ambiguous about what was going to happen for you guys. And now there's at least a clear path. It's true. That is helpful in many ways. and hard in others. So it remains to be seen how it will go. Yep. What about you? The main thing I was anticipating was the big school change of both kids going to the same school. It took about a month for E to fully transition into her new class, but her teachers were amazing and she made some really good friends there last spring. Only having one drop-off and pickup was exactly as amazing as I anticipated. (laughs) While there were some hard things about the transition, I feel very confident that we made the right choice and think that it really worked out. Great job past you. Excellent decision making. Yep. Indeed. (laughs) What about the things that happened in the spring that you were not anticipating at the end of 2018? So I was mostly excited about adding a child to our family. And I think I anticipated that things would be hard in terms of the transition to having two kids with the kids, Mm -hmm. but I did not anticipate how much I would dislike having two children for the first Mm. two or three months of it and how much I would struggle with my mental health around that. I think Mm -hmm. a lot of my self-concept is wrapped up in my parenting, Mm -hmm. and so it being as difficult as it was was really hard for me. And do you think it was really unexpected 
because it was so different than your experience with adding plum to your family? Or do you think that you'd forgotten some of those hard parts and then they're just magnified when you also have a three-year-old in addition to a newborn? Probably both. And also, I do think I had more mental health stuff this time Mm -hmm. that maybe we'll talk about more in a future episode Mm -hmm. that made it that much harder. And I think when you just have one kid, it's really easy to take your time off work and to focus on meeting their every need and figuring out their rhythms. Mm -hmm. And that that's just really not possible when you have another kid and a spouse traveling for job interviews. Yes. And your life sort of already going along and then add the layer of the mood stuff Mm -hmm. that didn't come in last time. And it was a really different experience. Yeah, it's a lot. And I think I'm definitely on the other side of it now, which I'm so thankful for and I've had great support. But I am also glad that we are not planning to go for another kid because it was so hard this time to add pepper. It's a lot. So Sarah, talk to us about what you didn't anticipate for your 2019. (laughs) Yes. I look back at 2018 Sarah with great fondness and love for how little she knew about what was to come. Uh, I obviously did not expect to be diagnosed with cancer. It was a really big shock. We don't have a family history of breast cancer. So to be diagnosed at 33 was not at all expected. I think it's what you would call one of life's curveballs. So it was a big old curveball for sure. So there were some things that were going well in our lives at the end of 2018 that we were hoping to carry forward into the new year. What were those things and how have you done with that? When I reflected on 2018, my word was grow. And so clearly I was growing a person. We were letting savings grow and letting opportunities grow. And I am not sure I was as gracious with all of that as I would have hoped to be. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think I wanted my sort of intention from 2018 to flow into 2019 of graciousness. And I think I fought it all a little bit more. It felt Mm -hmm. a lot harder than I would have hoped that it did. And I think some of that was me. And I think some of that was the situation Which also maybe means that you picked the right word, like that it should be something that's a little bit hard to incorporate, you know, that if it was easy, then you wouldn't need to be thinking about it. Yes. As my therapist says, another effing growth opportunity. Mm. (laughs) Yes. We've had plenty of those this year. Haven't we, though? What about you and your 2018 into 2019? So one of the things I had mentioned in our January episode was continuing this mindfulness and parenting and really embracing where we are and not trying to rush ahead. I would say that went terribly, (laughs) (laughs) just to be totally upfront. I was fairly checked out as a parent for a large part of the spring, and it really made me appreciate how many people my kids have in their lives to love them and support them when Mm. I really wasn't available. Because I don't look back with guilt on what happened. I think it was necessary for me to take that time for myself. I think that it's fine and good for my kids to see that their parents go through hard things too, but that their needs were still being met by the wonderful community of people and our family and Neil and just all the people here who love my kids. So while I don't love to say that I wasn't present, 
or mindful. I do think it was what needed to happen, and the kids are all right. They always are. Yep. You've touched on this already a little bit, but what was the word you chose, and how is it going so far? So the word I chose was graciousness. I think, as you said, that was probably the right word to choose for me. Mm -hmm. My past self knew that I needed it, Mm -hmm. (laughs) even if I don't really want it. (laughs) I'm honestly glad that we're getting this reminder of what I wanted to embody this year. I think when you are in the thick of a challenge, like adding a person to your family or, in your case, cancer, I think it's really hard to have any perspective on Mm what you want your life to be like. Because like you said, you're just surviving. You're just living it. Mm, Yes. At the same time, I think I've done medium well at this sort of by necessity, that Mm -hmm. the way to get through the sort of challenges that I've had over the last six months or so is to be gracious with myself. And that I feel the best when I do it, even if I'm doing it kind of inadvertently. Yeah. What about your word? The word I picked for 2019 was next, and I was imagining that as being like, what's the next right thing? Stepping into the unknown, closing one chapter of my parenting life and moving into another. Turns out the next thing that I would be dealing with was cancer. I don't feel like I really got the chance to think through what this other chapter, now that we had that little interlude in the spring, will be, and that with the kids starting school this week, it really feels like a fresh start and like Mm. feels like now is the chance to really be thinking through all of those things that I was anticipating in January. So I don't think I really embodied this at all, except for in doing like the immediate next thing and focusing on what I had to do every single day, as opposed to looking at the bigger picture. You embodied your word, but it sounds like in a very acute way. Yes, not at all as I anticipated. And to be quite honest, larger intentions were not really a part of my thought process or life for the first half of the year. It was pretty low on my priority list to be making myself a better human being and planning out decades in the future. But I am looking forward to kind of getting that bigger picture look at the word for the second half. Nice. So back in January, we both thought through what challenges we anticipated in realizing that word. How have those challenges gone for you? And have there been any new ones that you weren't expecting? So as I've kind of alluded to already, the challenges that I anticipated, which were that transitions can be hard, Mm -hmm. that having a new baby is exhausting, Mm -hmm. that having a three-year-old and Having uncertainty about things were all challenges that I did, in fact, experience. and All true. Yes. So I did a great job anticipating that. I'm not sure that it made it any easier hmm. to cope with them. I mean, who can say, right? Yeah. I don't think that there's a good way to look back and say, yes, my increased self-awareness helped me be less miserable as I was experiencing hard things. Maybe that's true. Or maybe it's just like, these things are going to be hard. And yes, I was right. Those are hard things. (laughs) Right. And then on top of that, there were some challenges that were unanticipated. So toward the end of my pregnancy with Pepper, I was diagnosed with cholestasis, which is a liver disorder Mm -hmm. that can arise during pregnancy and at its most severe carries a risk of stillbirth. And when I think back on that, that was a time of 
really high anxiety. Mm-hmm. And so I wonder if a lot of that anxiety trickled into the postpartum period for me and made things harder than I was anticipating. And then thinking about the uncertainty of our move, it is nice now to know where we're going and to have that mm-hmm. piece eliminated. But not being there and not experiencing it, there's still a lot of uncertainty mm-hmm. that is more categorized now that I know where we're going and that I know more about the place that it is. Mm -hmm. So it is hard, but just in a different way. Right. Like a transfer of the anxiety. There's no longer this stress about where Where will will it be. But now you have like very specific things you can worry about instead of general worries. Yeah, absolutely. My brain is doing a great job having anxiety about all of that. And you're doing a great job being self-aware. Well, thanks, friend. Let's look ahead to the last half of the year. What are you anticipating both in terms of general events and then specific challenges that you might be facing? Clearly, the big one for us is the move in December Mm -hmm. and all the things leading up to that, which include finding housing and Mm -hmm. new pediatricians and new schools. And it's at the busiest time of the year anyway with... Being with the holiday, holiday time, exactly. Yes. And how to manage work around that. And I think that there are clear and obvious challenges and that there are ones that I haven't even thought of. But I think graciousness is going to be key for myself and everyone in my life around that time. <laughs> yes. What are you anticipating in the second half of 2019? Honestly, Our fall looks blissfully normal for the most part. I have a trip to Colorado that I'm looking forward to. The kids are back in school. I'm feeling physically mostly back to myself. I do think that I'll likely have a cancer-adjacent surgery this fall. I'll have a prophylactic surgery, but it should be much simpler and a faster recovery than what I had in the spring. I am hopeful that that will not be a major challenge, but just something I have to get through. Great. So how are you planning on being intentional about the year going forward? I think something that actually worked really well that I did leading up to Pepper's birth was how I planned to have time that was not filled with stuff. Mm. We recorded podcasts way in advance, and I stopped Mm -hmm. working in advance of him being born. I'm doing science communication work again now. I started at the beginning of July, which has felt good, honestly, Mm -hmm. but I want to be that same kind of intentional about tapering off later in the year so that I can Mm -hmm. focus on the move and also soaking in the love of our community here Yes, before we leave it. Yeah. What about you? For me, I'm most focused on being intentional about how to use my time. Now that I am in a place where I am not going through cancer treatment, I can really think about What are my professional goals, my creative goals? How can I best use my time to both support my own ambitions and to support my family? And what does that balance look like? Hopefully it looks great. Stay tuned. (laughs) (laughs) Having the podcast back in our lives feels like a great start to that and adding in some of those pieces that I know I want to be part of the future. I've really missed having this time chatting with you and connecting with listeners while we've been on a break. I feel that same way. It's really nice to have this constant back in our lives again. Well, let's end by sharing something we've been eating. 
I'll start by sharing something that was both a win and a fail, all in one. <laughs> My favorite. I decided to make falafels. So you have heard about this because I sent you some photos uh-huh. of the process. I was on a real good meal planning kick partway through the summer where I was trying out new recipes and excited about making food. It only lasted about three weeks, but one of those weeks I made falafels. Well, I followed the recipe and it had said that there were certain things you could do to make sure that they stayed bound together, Mm, (laughs) some mm -hmm. binding agents to hold them so that they hold their shape. And I tested one. It said you should do like a little test in the oil to make sure the oil's hot enough and to make sure that you don't need to add anything else to make it stay together. It seemed like it was working. So then I did a whole pan full of falafels and they proceeded to crumble into pieces as they cooked. So it was just this giant pile of oily falafel crumbs, which I ate, of course. Sounds pretty good, actually. (laughs) They tasted good. They were very oily, but otherwise lovely. The second round that I did, I added an egg and maybe a little more flour to it, and they held together perfectly. And then Mm. I sent you the updated photo of the actual falafels held together. And those were picture perfect. Thank you. You nailed it in the end. Thank you. So now I know in the recipe itself, it said, if they don't stick together, here are the things to add. I'll just do that from the get-go next time Mm. to make sure that we have actual falafel pieces as opposed to crumbles in a pan of oil falafel crumble Mm -hmm. it's a new (laughs) a new take (laughs) what have you been eating abby i made homemade ice cream this weekend yum tell me more friend of the podcast and my friend in real life gifted us an ice cream maker attachment for our KitchenAid stand mixer okay so it's a big bowl that you freeze in the freezer And it has a paddle that comes with it. What I did was I found a Ben and Jerry's Cherry Garcia copycat ice cream recipe because that's one Mm -hmm. of my favorite flavors. And I always want more than Mm -hmm. just a pint. Mm -hmm. You make a custard first and then chill it. And then you put the custard into the cold ice cream maker and turn it on. And as it is churning, then you put in the cherries and the chocolate that go in Cherry Garcia. Okay. And it was good. But it didn't quite do it for me in terms of wanting the cherry flavor in the ice cream. I mean, I really love custard, but it was just basically like frozen custard, which is good, but not what I was expecting. Mm -hmm. The technology worked great. I think I still need to refine the recipe to make Mm -hmm. it something that I'm as excited about eating as the commercial variety. But then my dad was like, you know, Ben and Cherry have been making ice cream for much longer than you. So yeah, this is a good first try. And what a good problem to have. You need to spend more time experimenting with ice cream flavors. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) So I would love suggestions of homemade ice cream recipes that listeners are using successfully in their homes. Yeah. That's all for this episode of Friendlier. It's been great talking with you, Abby, and with all of you listeners. You can connect with us on our website, friendlierpodcast.com, on Instagram at friendlierpodcast, or by emailing us, friendlierpodcast at gmail.com. We're so glad to be back with you. And if you enjoy the show, we would love it if you would recommend it to a friend you think would like it. Until next time, may your books be engaging, your food delicious, and your conversations friendly. All right.
let's move on. <laughs> yes, sorry, I don't have anything. I just feel like I said, mmm, plenty. <laughs> <laughs> you did. You did some great ming. I don't even know where I was going with that. (laughs) We started that sentence a long time ago. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe can I just try again? Sure. This whole thing. (laughs)